Good morning and good evening where my guest is. My guest today is Yanatori Aspraki from Email Council. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. Yanatori Aspraki from Email Council. Yes. Yanatori and I were on one Zoom call and I was like, I have got to get her on and have a conversation about email because you pretty much bounce right out of your seat on email topics and it's just delightful. So thank you for making the time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> tell, tell people a bit about the company and yourself first. So tell me. About- uh, of course. So I'm going to have a very long name. I, the people who know me know I can talk about email and deliverability nonstop. Uh-huh. Anything ever happened to me, my mom could pretend to be me for quite a long time because I bounce everything off of her. So she's nice. just as much as a specialist as I am. Nice. Um, and uh, I started uh, email uh, at CakeMail the best company on the planet, uh, the best um, teams as well. And uh, it was a Canadian ESP. So I started all the way from product expert, all the way to product uh, manager, um, or what is it? The engineering team manager. I was learning, I was young and uh, it was great. I got to, um, to meet Kevin Huxham and talk about deliverability. And then that was it. So I went to school to be an engineer and I ended up in deliverability. In deliver- so it's close, close. Um, but I, I, definitely not where I thought I was going to be, you know? I'm curious. Uh, engineers, I think of as, uh, you know, great solvers of puzzles. So I can see the fit with deliverability, yeah. but deliverability, which we'll talk about at length, I'm sure seems like a, a, a less predictable space than a lot of engineering takes place in. Is that fair? Uh, yes, it, I think so as well, but I think it's like, um, I don't like this term either, but gut feeling as well. I think the more yeah. situations you go through, the more you can instantly tell where the issue is coming from or what could be the cause. Yeah. Um, and that's the best part about being an email. I don't, not even deliverability and everything else, right? The more situations you're put in or the more situations you have to fix or you learn from other people that have to fix, the easier it becomes to make decisions in the future. I see. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of A lot of accumulated knowledge that's not necessarily... Uh, you know, in a guidebook. So. Or, yeah, it's just, you You just know. And if people ask you, then you, you can go on this long-winded explanation of, oh, when this happened, that, and then this and that, which means this, and then it just keeps on going. So I like that. And um, I'm also very artistic and I like the, so it was nice to have to deal with, uh, you know, machines mm-hmm. and also to deal with humans that are trying to create these marketing strategies that might not be the best idea on the planet. So being kind of right in the middle, uh, I don't know, it keeps me on my toes. Things change all the time. What I know today is not going to be there tomorrow, probably. Uh, so it's ever changing, which is super fun. Nobody, so, I don't, I don't like doing the same thing every day. So if someone's listening to this and their, their marketing function includes email, but they don't really have the, 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 the time in the trenches to have touched on deliverability. How would you define that relatively briefly, deliverability itself? What? Okay. Um, I'm going to go one step back and talk about okay. email. So um, everybody has played Monopoly at least once in their life. Probably doesn't know the rules, but we know we have to throw the dice, go around. We know the, you know, get in and out of jail and we know how to play the game. Now, if you've ever played Monopoly with somebody who knows how to play Monopoly, they're going to win the game. They know how to take all the money from everyone. They know when to make the right decisions. And when it comes to email and deliverability, that's the big problem. We all know how to send emails. We all think we know more about our customers and what they want to receive. But if we don't know how to play the game, we're going to be penalized whether we like it or we, or we know it or we don't. 
Okay. So deliverability is the art, it is an art, of making uh, the emails land in the inbox or any of the promotional, uh, you know, update tabs. If it lands in spam or, the, or nowhere or junk, then we're considering that the email has, does not have good deliverability. And this all goes with you as a sender and the relationship you have with your subscribers and the machines that are protecting those subscribers. So that's how I would define deliverability. Okay. Um. <laughs> because, you know, if you're outside the, the email space, the technical part of the email space, at least, like there's a temptation to go, you just hit send and it arrives. And obviously it's a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah, we would, we would hope after so many years of it existing, that it'd be a little bit more complicated than just send, receive. Why is it more complicated than that? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't like most of the emails I get in my inbox. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping Google just can sniff it out better and better as time progresses. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have enough money to buy more than one mattress every so many years. So if you send me another email, I'm just, what's the point? Right. And right. Sometimes, um, sometimes the issue is also uh, the people that are making the decisions now used to do our jobs back in the day. And those things don't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, either because technology has progressed or the things that the audience wants has changed. You know, you might be in business 20 years, your audience doesn't remain constant over that 20 year period. Most of the time, uh, I cannot come up with a business that has the same type of audience for 20 years in a row, but um, people change, things have to change. And that can sometimes be an issue. I don't, I've never seen the word sale or three exclamation points be the reason emails online in the inbox. Okay. Um, it's a lot more than that. Uh, there, there's like the whole, the whole uh, secret stuff from that's coming from deliverability is there to protect us. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, no matter how annoyed we are by these changes that everyone, uh, all the mailbox providers are doing, we just kind of have to to follow and change the way we're doing things to make sure that we can follow those rules or those changes. You know? Let stick with me on a little historical trip, and let's see if we get. Uh close in an edifying way when the the specs and protocols under email which means internet email now um were designed and that took years the original objective was to be able to for me to get a message to you uh relatively reliably globally universal address you know we finally settled on that simple name at domain scheme so you got that bolted up and one of the many things amazing about the internet and email was mm. there was no, there was no real cost factor mm. uh, involved in sending. And yes. if you look at the early history of email, <laughs> fairly certain, fairly soon you have people going, oh, wait a minute, I can communicate with a lot of people at once. Hmm. Might be a useful marketing or advertising tool. I think the first email ad was a deck, a digital equipment. Yeah. Sales guy. Yeah. And he's like, Ooh, this is really successful. Thank you very much. And we created our own problem. Didn't we? Yeah. What Not having a cost. <laughs> so, you know? so my inbox, your inbox, everyone's is overwhelmed. And here's where I'm going with this. The terrain you work in deliverability wasn't necessarily engineered as careful, carefully to do the technical job of putting some brakes and controls on like there's 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 not a deliverability rfc number fill in the blanks there's a Maybe. lot of <laughs> different parties involved 
in determining whether or not my domain can deliver email to your inbox, but it's not, it's not particularly straightforward. Am I wrong about that? No, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. Um, the way I compare, I talk about deliverability is comparing it to the credit score, the American or Canadian credit score system. We all know how it works, right? No. All know how it works. <laughs> we pay our bills. We get a better credit score. If we don't pay our bills, it's bad. If you yeah. close a credit card, yeah. stuff like closing a credit card is counterintuitive. You assume if I don't need the credit card, I don't need it and I close it, why would I be impacted? Yeah. But that on the bank side means, well, why can't you manage your money? Why can't you just put Netflix on it every month and just pay the $10 and keep the credit card. Right. Um, so that may be counterintuitive. If you explain it to somebody, it's not, okay, it makes sense why the bank or like the, um, your credit score might go down if you close, you know, loans and things like that. Okay. But we don't really know how many points we're going to lose if I don't pay my AT&T bill this month. Right. We just know over time it might affect us. Same thing with deliverability. We know that, you know how it works. Don't send spam emails. Don't scam people. Don't clip bait people. Don't do the things you don't like in your inbox mm -hmm. to your own subscribers. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be fine. Now, what does fine need? You know, 700 credit score or 800. And that's where I come in as a tax lawyer that knows everything and everyone and connects two of them together. Right. So that's right. the easiest way for me to explain it. No, that, that, that's actually, it's a good analogy because it, 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 it lets me pick, pick a fight a little bit. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> one of the things, I mean, as we're speaking, uh, Joe Biden's president of the U.S., one of the things, one of the many things Biden talked about as a candidate um, was the issue of credit scores in the U.S. In the U.S., credit scores are managed by three mm -hmm. private companies, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. Um, and so you've got a, a, a fairly vital piece of your personal and financial existence dictated by for-profit companies under quite murky, quite hard to understand sets of rules that ultimately end up you know, paying to resolve. One of the things Biden said going in is shouldn't, shouldn't this actually be a more clear cut government run thing? Okay. So pros and cons. So I moved from Montreal to the Netherlands. Okay. They don't, credit cards here are not real credit cards. You don't, you cannot just indefinitely owe a credit card something as long as you're paying a minimum payment yeah. after X amount of days. The whole credit card, even if you had one dollar that you that was remaining to be paid, the whole credit card gets locked because you went over those couple of days. Yeah. Um, I see it. That's as 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 a Canadian person. I'm so like, wow, that's a good idea. I cannot go into debt. No right. one will allow me to be in debt. Right. But I needed to buy a MacBook, and I was like, it would have been nice to put it on a credit card for yeah. the two three months. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I don't like this anymore. Depending on what situation I was in, I liked or I didn't like the idea. Yeah. Um, of course, like the, there's two points here. All rules uh, don't, like if you have one rule, it cannot work for everybody because in my case, I have the money for the MacBook. I just didn't want to save $500 a month and then buy it. I just wanted to buy it now and pay the financial loss later. And use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the end of the world. It's not the the bank wouldn't have been an issue, but go get a small loan. It's not something I'm used to, to go get a thousand dollar loan. Yeah that I can pay maybe two weeks later. Um, and then the, there's the other point. Unfortunately, there's rules that are created because there was that one idiot that did it. So you can't bring glass bottles on a balcony or on a terrace. You can't do this because there was one guy, one person that abused the system or did something stupid. Yeah. So those two points together, I don't know, kind of yeah. nullifies the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I guess what, what one of the places I'm driving with that set of questions is it it takes specialists like you to to 
help resolve the urinalgy credit score, the deliverability yes. scoring, which is a constantly changing puzzle. And, and from a technologist perspective, I find it kind of stupid and poor design that something that important is that randomly structured. Yeah. Well, it's not randomly structured. <laughs> some, some mailbox providers might get angry at us here. Well, one of the issues that we see is that all the mailbox providers don't work the same way. So that already makes it complicated. You know, um, Hotmail is really keen on spam house. You're on spam house. No, every single email is going to bounce. Right. Um, Google, I've seen situations where people are not, they're not scammers, but they're not good senders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sending too many emails. They kind of have consent, but it's not very clear consent, let's say, or million and one things. They're on spam house. Google puts all their emails in the inbox. Everything is green, flying colors. Why? Because they have huge engagement. People love their emails. The business they are yeah. in. Lucky yeah. them. Yeah. So um, the mailbox providers don't work the same way. So right. there's no way to streamline it. So we, as a really specialist, just like a tax lawyer would, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, the lawyer of any very rich person, you know, the loops, you know, the, the hoops you can jump through, you know, who you yeah. can talk to. You, yeah. So... And that's actually going to bring me to a point, which is my life's work, very young, but I would like for it to be the thing people remember me by. I would like to make this knowledge accessible to everyone. I think it's really, really shitty that um, big companies that can afford to pay people like me, which we're not a lot of people out there, right? It's, it's not like a job that's you just go to school, you learn it. Yeah. You, everyone, we, we've all answered the question, how did you get into email? By mistake. I don't think anyone's ever said, I woke up and I said I was going to do email. Like everyone's by mistake, right? So there's a lot of us um, connecting with the right people is very difficult. You have, you know, organizations like Mog that make it very difficult for some businesses, even if they're, you know, they're good businesses to be part of the event or to meet people that might help them. Mm -hmm. Then uh, there's the money problem. There's the fact that people don't even know this exists. Yeah. And there's the part of if they know it exists, they can't afford it. They, right. they cannot find the information where us, between us, are preaching to the choir a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And to share knowledge between us, which makes us better at what we do. Perfect. But we're not helping other people. So that person is going to, I don't know, MailChimp or HubSpot and is sending emails. And then it's like, eh, email doesn't really work. Maybe the problem wasn't that it didn't work. The problem is that you don't know how it actually works so that you can right. do the right decisions. Right. So that's my goal. I want to make it accessible to everybody. And that's why I talk a lot. <laughs> so when, so when uh, someone new to the use of email as a marketing channel makes a lot of the classic mistakes that people new to the channel make. Yeah. Like they, they, they sign up for a platform to be able to send to a lot of people. They buy a list off the back of a truck. They hit send to a whole bunch of people who never asked for their messages. And then they wonder why, uh, nothing's, nothing's going anywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they, they put themselves into technical or communication debt back to your analogy for a second, right there, there, there's the score for their uh, sending domain or their ESPs, uh, uh, sending domain or IP addresses got ratcheted way, way, way down. Good yeah. so far. Happens a lot. It happens yeah. a lot without and even knowing it. Without even knowing it. Yeah. And you see, know it. they think they're doing the right thing because it makes it, sense. The way we sell our email marketing tools. Yeah. I mean, have yeah. we ever sold an email marketing? Have any of us worked for a company? like, oh, come to us. We will take care of deliverability for you. That's what we always say. We're going to take yes. care of it. Yes. Which means we're taking care of our infrastructure. If you're an idiot, 
and I'm going to be very insulting. Everyone's going to hate me. If you're not making the right decisions, you're buying lists, you're doing things you shouldn't do that you didn't know you shouldn't do, probably. Um, there's not much an ESP can do. You can rotate around and change companies. That's not going to help you. And then what do we say? We manage your up. We're going to easily upload your contacts. You're going to easily create a design and you're going to easily press send. What about authentication, list cleaning, segmentation, all these tools that they have where, oh, we have a landing page. Great. I send emails. I don't, okay, let me start building a list, having, you know, knowing what my subscribers want. And then maybe we'll talk about landing pages. Mm. It, it's just, um, I think there's like a lot of things that are creating um, this, this black hole of information. Yeah. Yeah. We, of course, as an ESP, I'd like for my customers to succeed and grow their list so they can pay me more. The more sure. they send, the more contacts, they, you know, of course. But I would prefer that they can do it without getting angry at me because their deliverability is not going well. Because I never took the time to tell them things. And then they're like, oh, well, I don't like MailChimp. I'm going to HubSpot. Those are not competitors, but let's say they were. They, sure. It doesn't work that way. And, and um, <laughs> in my line of work, I get, and I assume everybody in email, actually, uh, people come to me with a problem that they understand that I can fix. But then they do, they don't want to do anything I tell them to do. Yeah. And they still want to see change. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. isn't that what my mom was telling me? Like, you know, you can't, <laughs> if you want change, you have to change something. You can't just keep doing the same thing again and again. And it's like this huge ball of information of like, you know, exclamation points, make your emails go to spam or promotions tab is spam box. You know, do everything you can in your, in your life to move it in the inbox and, it's like we're focusing on the wrong things here. Yeah. Let's let's start by getting Google to accept the email, and then we'll figure out where it goes in the inbox. Yeah, um, people don't think about it, and it's also an assumption. Yeah, everybody, you know, especially everybody, sends an email and receives the emails, and then we're all, oh, you remember that one time five years ago I sent an email and no one got it? We kind of ignore that. Oh, it happens. No, it just it doesn't just happen. Google didn't lose your email on the way. That's not the post office. There's something that happened and we're very, we're, we kind of learn to ignore it. Oh, whatever. Let me just send it again. Right. You know? Right. 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 You've, you've mentioned them a couple of times. I wonder if I'd like to delve into it a little bit. Uh, let's start with the inbox providers. You touched on Outlook, Hotmail, uh, Google, uh, Yahoo. Um, am I correct that, the uh, that there's an increased concentration of, of inboxes. It's not a bazillion different email clients. It's sort of fewer yes. fewer serving more and more. Exactly. So um, we're in the tool that we have uh, in email console, we have like the Yahoo, we're, we're doing seed listing, one of the features. And we have like Yahoo and um, AOL and Verizon because that's what people want. Yeah. Uh, but behind it, it's the same company, it's the same yeah. fan filter. Yeah. So if you have an issue with one, you're going to have an issue with the other. So yeah. testing one of them yeah. would have been enough. Yeah. And um, customers like, no, we want every single inbox. We want to see if their emails inbox in China. And we're like, do you send to China? No. Well, okay. So then we have to start educating the customer. Like this is how spam filters work, you know, but it is true though. It is interesting to do C listing tests with various types of inboxes when you know which ones you're looking for, mm -hmm. because you know what each of them is looking for. So you might not be sending to Germany, but they really care about, you know, um, consent. They care about content, mm -hmm. uh, especially adult themed things are very, very strict on that. So if you were, for example, in the adult industry and you sent emails to GMX, they would immediately block the email or let you know that they don't accept this kind of content. 
which can make maybe maybe think oh, maybe I should blur the pictures. Maybe I should be more soft in my tone yeah. because it might not be as important somewhere else, but it's definitely is important. Content, of course, is important, right? Um, Google has worked on engagement. They definitely care yeah. about engagement. So yeah. whatever your strategy, thinking of how to get people through social media, same thing with Google. Just that the problem is not that people are not going to see your pictures, that they're not going to get the email. We don't want that. Uh, Hotmail is, <laughs> we're still trying to figure out what Hotmail is doing. Um, I think everybody, a lot of people have issues with Hotmail, but they're, they're IP-based. That's how they give you information. Okay. So they care where you're sending from. And where you're sending from can also show what type of sender you are. Mm -hmm. And then they're really cutting down on authentication. Finally, the has been pushed and they're reading it. Um, they care about the content and they definitely care about your list. Your lists are key. The list is the most important factor that's going to hurt your, your, your sender reputation. So People, by, by that, you mean if I've, you know, if I've got a list of a thousand and, uh, and I got them from the wrong place. <laughs> and some of the addresses on the list are bouncing. They're bouncing, bouncing and, or reported as spam or, um, or spam traps in there. Spam trap. So, spam, could you define a spam trap right quick? Oh, so a spam trap is an email address that's created just for the sole purpose of catching senders who don't have consent. Right, right, right. But they're hidden on LinkedIn, they're hidden on websites, they're hidden all over the place. Yeah. And it's not one spam chat network. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and um, no matter how much um, technical list hygiene cleaning you're doing, you know, with Bouncer or tools like that, they cannot catch them all. Right. Because there's millions being created every week. There's no way you can foretell and they'll find some of them. Of course, they can tell certain things, but they won't find them all. And it takes right. one spam trap to know what you're doing. Just and one. The entities creating spam yeah. trap addresses, this is the email industry, broad strokes, self-policing, right? Yes, it is self-policing and it is security-based. Uh, it's, it's a security part of email, let's say, not in terms of protecting who's receiving emails, but just kind of knowing, you know, like the bank reporting to Equifax that you didn't pay your loan this month. It's just that we know this. The people who are listening or paying for those services to know who's a good sender or a bad sender make their own decisions based on that. So I know that certain people, they, they, they will give the information to specific parties like the mailbox providers or the ESPs so that they can be more secure. They can fire customers maybe, or they can block emails. But the way they use this information is up to the mailbox provider, which is why Gmail is not going to necessarily put your emails, uh, block your emails right. because you're on spam house. Microsoft decided that if you're on spam house DBL, every single email is going to bounce. Um, so they have the information, what they do with that information is different because different scammers or different spammers, like real spammers, um, the, the definition we think of a spammer is, um, doing different things to different people. Yeah. So they're protecting their own customers that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and by spammer, we can define that. So a real spammer is somebody that's sending unsolicited emails. So if I sign up to Walmart and I give them my consent, I gave them consent for emails. I didn't give them consent for a hundred emails a day they would become spammers technically if they're doing something that I'm not agreeable, that I think is unsolicited. On top of the fact that spammers are also people who buy, you know, just try to scam you out of your money and so much, but that usually tends to be a scammer. Spammers just, I don't want your email. Hmm. So, it's yeah. a, it's a tough self-policing job, right? Mm -hmm. um, because if you sign up your, you know, your example, sign up, sign up for Walmart and someone at Walmart decides to send five a day, 
And you didn't want five a day. I'm, I think you have reported a spam. Right, right. Which is, which is, which is reported how, like roughly speaking? Oh, okay. So it's, it, to me, it works like a bounce. So, you know, you write an email to somebody, you make a typo in the email inbox says, Hey, we couldn't deliver XYZ reason. Right. Same thing with the feedback loop. But the cool part about the feedback loops or the part that everybody doesn't know about is that the mailbox provider is not obligated to tell you who reported your email as spam. Yeah. yeah. This is the best thing. And everybody's like, what? Because I don't have a lot of spam complaints. Of course you don't. Your list is 99% Gmail and Gmail doesn't tell you. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then what doesn't mean there are no complaints is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's no complaints. It just means that they're not returned to you like a bound say, hey, this is the person that complained. Yeah. And this is not a mail. Uh, this is not a ESP problem. This is a mailbox problem. The easiest thing you go to online, you write MOG, FBL, uh, spam. And the first link you're going to see is going to be explained to you which inboxes give you that information, yeah. which inboxes tell you on a domain. So, you know, it's like a percentage. 3% of the Gmail people said spam. Which ones? I don't know. And which ones don't tell you anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and unfortunately, the companies you would assume would give you the information are not on the list of people who are giving you information. They're on yeah. the ones telling you based on your domain. So like today we received a hundred emails and 3% of those complained. And that really, really hurts people because then the question comes in, right? Then how do I clean my list? And how do I this? How do I that? The, the open rates are not a good metric. They never were. Nothing changed. Apple just announced it because it's Apple. If Yana Tori went on LinkedIn and said, open rates are almost worthless, uh, or you have to be very strategic when you're looking at them, great assault. No one would have listened to me, but Apple said it to everyone. It's like, oh my God, uh, we've been, the, the stuff that they've introduced has, has been happening. We don't know to what extent and all the mailbox providers, how they do it specifically, but it's been happening. So if you've made your decisions in the past based on your opens and your clicks and your engagement, you can still do it. Just now you can do with the right mindset. You know how it works. You can look maybe for the, the outliers when you're looking at your statistics and made decisions. But the spam complaint one is usually a new one. People don't know that um, the mailbox writers don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a shock because like, oh, my God, how do how, what do I do? I, I think the answer is easy but <laughs> or logical. But you're the specialist, uh, exactly. right? Uh, you mentioned them a couple of times. Uh, Spam House. Who? Yes. Who's that? And who's that? What's their role? And who said that's their role? <laughs> they're also soft policing. Um, they're they're making their own decisions and the company's growing but it's an organization of very secure people that are trying to do something good for the world, whatever they think is good for the world. So like Google thing, engagement is important. Hotmail things, your, your spam traps are a big problem. Um, they are the police or the FBI of one of them, depends how you're looking at it, uh, of email. Yeah. Uh, they're just trying to give the people who need to make decisions like the spam filters or the email marketing software providers more data. Unfortunately, with email, we don't have that much information or it's not concentrated in one place, uh, which is the real issue. You have the information, but you have to go to like 25 different places. Some of them is also secure, so you don't have access to it at all. And Spam House has created some things that they're looking for. And then whenever they see it happening, they can then let somebody else know, hey, we see this, dom this domain, they're sending to spam traps. Therefore, we can assume strongly they don't have consent. Let's block it. Um, people always see the negative side of it. I like to see the positive side of it. If I did a contest, 
uh, for, for my company, for example, and a bunch of people signed up and I sent an email when the contest ended and I ended up on Spam House DBL, it would let me know that maybe my form was abused. Somebody injected emails in my thing. Maybe I should look back at my list. Maybe it didn't grow 30,000 e-subscribers overnight. Maybe things were injected. It also allows me to protect myself. Just like a bank calls you to make sure you're the one doing the big payment on your credit card. It's annoying because the payment failed and you have to call the bank and let them know it was you. But I do like knowing that that protection is there. Mm. And Spam House just monitors things that they think are important to them. And they're able to give that information to the right parties. Whoever wants the information pays for it uh, so that they can make better decisions. Hmm. They're doing it in a secretive way because they don't want us to reverse engineer how it works. That's the big problem in the secrecy in email, I think, is that one of the big secret problems is that if we were to explain to the T how it works, then people would be able to go around it. If I know how it works, I'll just not do that, right? Hmm. Uh, so they're trying to let you figure out on your own case by case, what yeah. do you need to do when something happens? Yeah. Yeah. Based on what you're monitoring. It's, it's, it's interesting that one of the natural sources of analogy and explanation that, that both of us have touched on even in the past half hour is, is credit and finance and, and, and that world is sort of analogous, uh, a way to understand things, but banking regulations are written down into law. Yeah. And Spam House decision are private company in Andorra making, yes. making decisions about what's good and bad. And I question, I, I it's self-policing, but I, I, I kind of question whether that should be okay. Do you really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can talk, we're going to talk about so many things. <laughs> um, when it comes to the regulations of the bank, who decides them and why and how and how many of those regulations were not made for the small people and were made for just specific cases and for specific people to hide money, pay less taxes or whatever the regulations yeah, are, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all I the, think, yeah, I think. Uh, but, but, but in short, a, 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 a governed process by elected representatives, different in the Netherlands than in yes. Canada, than in the U.S., but mm -hmm. there's sort of a clear chain of, I voted that dork into office. He voted on this bill. That bill affected how fill in the blanks works and yeah. banking regs. There's not such a clear chain of influence to, let's say, Spam House or even to Google's decision about this, this but they're not, folder or not. They don't get to decide whatever they want without the whole community as well, more or less being on their side. If, if the email community ever feared abuse... We would shut the, well, I don't know how we would shut them down, but we would do something about it. Um, and it's not going to be a Yanatori that's angry at Spam House. It's mm -hmm. going to be the whole community. On top of that, Spam House is not making decisions. They're just raising a flag. That's up to Google to decide if they want to listen to that flag. And they don't necessarily 100%. Due deference, I disagree with you about that last statement because there's a value judgment even in an algorithm. Technology is not value neutral. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't yeah. look so there's at it a like decision. Hotmail does. They're, yeah, but Google made the decision, not Spam House. Spam House monitors. Spam House says, we know you sent to a spam trap. But choosing, We're gonna choosing, roll it out. choosing the threshold of a monitor is a decision. Choosing what to report yeah, is a decision. It is research and it yeah. changes over time. Yeah. Just like, like then we can start arguing about how does Google decide what email is spam and not. 
We can yeah. just continue going that way. But unfortunately, that's not going to end in anything. And it's not, gonna get, it's not going to get published either to your earlier no. Part, right? No, it's not going to be published. It's, 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 I think what we're already doing as livability specials, we're already reverse engineering. We know what the laws want. We know what people want. We want what the inboxes are trying to protect people from. Therefore, we can assume logically what we should not do, right? Mm. Uh, or what we should do in order for them to like us. Um, <laughs> that's literally what it is. Yeah, that's literally like, well, you know, in America, we can buy lists and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I, I get it, but the law allows it, but Google doesn't. Who is right. Google to decide that they're above the American law? Right, right. Good question. Well, they, they, they can, just I'll run with that. They can because there's not a whole lot of actual law around this particular domain we're talking about, email, right? There, yeah, Apple, Apple, it's a gray area. What is spam? Very gray area, right? Apple, Apple didn't break any laws when they said we'll handle images and pixels differently than the way they've been handled in the past. I mean, plenty of squawking from people who depended on some of the data back from that. But honestly, Apple didn't have to answer anybody to anybody with that decision, did yeah. they? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked a very organized way for email. Maybe probably wouldn't be making as much money, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But, I don't know. Or I don't know. There's not a lot of us out there. But still, it people would be able to figure it out on their own. The mm -hmm. issue that this is something far beyond, you know, is Walmart annoyed that they couldn't send me five emails when there's other types of, you know, because we're talking about normal businesses that, you know, just like to send a little bit of emails or get some new leads. Sure. Nothing bad. It's not perfect. I don't like it in my inbox, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But in order to catch all those really, really, really bad, what is it like a, I don't remember the percentage, yeah. but it's a really big percentage of the yeah. amount of actual scammy scam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's humongous. So we're, this is where it comes, I think, to the, somebody did something bad and now everybody's paying for it. Mm -hmm. um, the scammers and the spammers and the blah, blah, blah are doing things. And now Google's like, well, let's reduce the amount of emails. And if they are not allowed to do it, maybe normal businesses are too are not allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the laws came into place and then the, every inbox is different. And now, like, for example, um, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but Europa is trying to enforce that every single inbox, mailbox provider in Europe has to look at authentication. Do you know what most inboxes don't look at it. I mean, even Hotmail wasn't even giving us DMARC reports before, what, last November, October? Which, Hotmail, why weren't you giving us this information? Mm -hmm. I'm putting a DMARC policy reject and you take it as maybe we'll, 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 we'll listen to your reject? Mm -hmm. No, when I say reject, you reject it. Oh, well, now it's, now it's taken seriously. But what does that mean for all the mailbox providers? They, they weren't doing it not because they didn't want to. They didn't have the resources to do it. They don't have the the capacity to look at that kind of data, to yeah. report, to blah, blah, blah. So the government or the Europa or whatever, they're, they're going to shut down so many mailbox providers. Yeah. Which means that the Hotmails and the Googles are going to, usually it's Hotmail, I think, it's going to swoop in and buy the mailbox providers and your dot, I don't know, your ad Videotron or your ad Ziggo or whatever inbox is going to look at authentication is going to end up being a Hotmail. I think that's a little bit annoying. Well, it, it leads. It's it doesn't impact anybody, <laughs> but it will at some point. Businesses don't. Not all of us know what authentication is. So, you so that already... lead, that particular issue. Uh, let's say regulatory requirement to handle authentication will lead to increased inbox consolidation. Uh, I think it will. On yeah. top of the fact that senders will not be able to inbox as 
as well anymore. Legitimate senders that were doing things perfectly fine, yeah. uh, even to my super strict deliverability standards, um, which are stricter than the mailbox providers, by the way, usually because we really want to make sure everything's okay and people can pivot. Yeah. But still, um, oh, <laughs> which is why I, I created a group that does it for free um, because I, it's like the first, you know, gap. You know, I mean, it's the middle class is disappearing and the same thing will happen in email. I would be very disappointed if um, people felt the impact and they didn't know what they had to do and nobody told them. It's like you buy a car and nobody, nobody in the whole world knows that you have to change your oil. Right. So you go to the mechanic and the mechanic, me, tells you, please just do it. And they're like, no, 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 no one's ever told me that. You still have to do it though. No, 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 I'd rather just buy a new car. That's, I think, is what's going to happen. And I'm very, very scared for everybody else because I know a lot of friends that are opening businesses, they're, you know, they're buying their first domain and they're sending the first few emails. And if it became regulatory and the inboxes had to, I'm sorry, my dog is playing outside. Um, she, uh, she, not Luna, uh, the people would not land in the inbox anymore, especially if it became mandatory, mandatory. Right. Can you imagine? Right. Whoa. <laughs> is that, a, would that be a, is that a case of, uh, well-intentioned, but not fully informed regulation? I think it's kind of like we have to do something about it. Okay. So it's like, we'll do it. And then there's going to be another big Apple wave, like GDPR and Castle and all those things. It's going to be a big news thing. And we'll let people know then. I just don't understand why we can't let people know now. <laughs> mm. Why does the law have to change for people, for mailbox, or, uh, sorry, ESPs or, and mailbox providers to force authentication? Yeah, that, that, that's actually what one click integration. So you can you can do your Google tags and everything with one click and you sign into GoDaddy and it just works. Yeah. And you can't do that for for, for email. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're on you're on to what I was uh, intending with that earlier question, which is sort of you know, we got regulations pushing technology adoption where this the the engineering's not there, the standards aren't there yet. Yeah. And the small guy who the small let's say inbox provider in your example, who says, wait a minute, I have to do what? Yeah. Um, I just lost, you know, two developers because someone's paying more. I don't, I can't do it. Yeah. And they're out of business, right? Yeah, and email is, no one gets a budget for it. And we always talk about marketing. We don't get budget. We don't get budget for it for anything. People don't want to, they want me to solve their problems, but they don't want to have to hire me. They don't right. believe in like, and I was it making should. a joke. It's not a religion. Okay, guys. It's technology. It's been there for a while. <laughs> you guys are doing it. I'm doing it. What is there to believe? Yeah. And especially the release specialists. Not that we barely do anything, but most of the time we're just repeating what Google wants. And then you're shooting the messenger because you don't, I didn't call Google and made them do the rules. Right. I'm just telling you what the rules are. And right. people get immediately get offended. I don't know what there is to be offended by. Just don't send emails to people who don't want them. Do, but they do want them. Do, do we tend to have a model in our head, rightly or wrongly, that email just works because I've been sending email forever ah, and I get I'm, frustrated if I can't just send? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've gotten the, I've been doing this for X amount of years and I never <laughs> had a problem. Yeah. Okay, well, Google did an update and now you have a problem, so. Yeah, and now you have a problem. Well, honestly, we saw that in a different history side trip, but a, a, a similar kind of wrenching change in a formerly fairly open playing field called the World Wide Web. I mean, there was time you hung out a website and people visited it. And now I would guess the SEO budget 
which is bowing to the search engine gods is, is more important than the content itself. Cause if it's not going to get found or it's going to get ranked low, it doesn't matter if you've got a website, right? And <laughs> I know, and they're a constant guesswork. You look at the whole industry of SEO, it's kind of analogous to deliverability yeah. in a sense. So you've got this whole industry of specialists who are playing this constant puzzle solving guessing game about what a a handful of companies might do to, with tomorrow's release that's going to screw all their clients. Well, my, 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 my site doesn't show up anymore. Uh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. And also we forget, like we are almost um, like preaching, you know, Google and security and stuff, but they also make mistakes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to add that in the mix. And then that's, I guess, where people, um, <clears throat> done with it. <laughs> uh, like yeah. Instagram, I'm going to go become a millionaire with Instagram. Like, okay, you go do that. You just let me know how it goes. <laughs> we're going, we're going way down the rabbit hole. Let's not, let's try a different one just for fun. Um, Bill Gates said back in the late nineties, and it might've been in, it might've been in his road ahead book, but he said he wished that if and I'm paraphrasing, he said he wished that in the engineering of, of internet email, that it actually been built. So there was a tiny cost per send so that if someone decides to be a bad actor and a spammer, there's actually some friction in the system to prevent the abuse that creates many of the problems that we're trying to self-police around. Reactions? Aren't we, aren't we, uh, aren't like scammers buying lists with fake credit cards and then going to like Bouncer and then, or any other, other list cleaning or whatever tool, then using another fake credit card to clean their list and then go scam people. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't doubt that, but if, uh, you know, if it cost a penny per cent and all ESPs had, expensive. Alan, what's that? <laughs> it still wouldn't be that expensive, would it? Wouldn't for like the 40%, even if it's gone down to 30, which I don't think it has. Yeah. Uh, 30% return. Uh, but the thing is that the 30% return, I'd like to, I would love to know return on what? Return on what? Does it yeah. include the employees? Does it, does it include only the tool that I'm paying? Yeah. What about the expensive deliverability specialist? Does that yeah. include, I don't know. Um, but 40% is high, even if it was a, a quarter of that. 10% is a lot of money for an email. Yeah. And the less you send, the more the ROI will go up. I'm just saying. Sending mm -hmm. a million times, a million times a day, um, it's gonna cost more to get the customer. If you just sent to the three people that wanted your mattress, the RI would skyrocket way over. The RI would skyrocket, right? So you, if if you knew who they were, which is part of the you know marketing side of the yeah. puzzle, and if you knew that they hadn't or hadn't bought a mattress yesterday, uh, which is a huge problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> Display ads following me around because I was shopping for yeah. you know hiking boots. I'm like, I bought them enough with the hiking how many more am i gonna buy yeah, right i only have two okay. feet sorry <laughs> right now yeah, I, I don't know I, I i always like to tell people i mean this is like logic just sit down and look at your, like a, the you know yellow rubber duck kind of thing or look at yourself in the mirror and say does my client need 27 emails this week yeah yeah oh it, yeah. we have this like a the more we send the more no the more you send the more chances you get that's it. It's, it, does, it doesn't mean that the more you send correlates into more money. It just means you have more chances. Yeah. So why not? And, and, and then I love to tell people like, well, you can just chance it and send all those emails <laughs> and chance who Google decides to get the email. 
Because the one power of email, I think, is that you get to decide who sees what message. When you're doing social media ads, you are telling Google who you would like for it to see, to see it. And then you're hoping Google shows it to the people who fit that the bill. With email, I decide. So why would I do whatever I want, send emails, and then let somebody else decide again if my email should, be, should land in the inbox yeah, or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and with, to, to, to take your analogy and expand it just slightly, with those other channels, you actually pay to get the chance of exposure to someone interested in X or someone like yeah. Group Y, not the specific... Yana Tori signed up for my list. I'm going to send her a message about the thing I think she's interested in. And we're at least trying to do a one-to-one -one, uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. I yeah. gave you my consent. I gave you my attention. I went to your website. I purchased something. I almost purchased something. There's a relationship there. There's something you can get gain from me. And that's the whole point of email as well. Mm. Like the, the email is the message to get people to do something. It's not the whole thing. Most of the time, we want something beyond that. If it's just informational, I get it. But most of the time, we want them to buy something, come to an event, look at my website, read my blog post. So if I put the blog in the email, I'm not getting traffic on my website. I'm not getting all the other things I would like from the customer. Email is just <laughs> there <laughs> to bring in a customer, remind people you exist, and get them to do something. Of course, if you're a lawyer, maybe you're not going to get some return customers, depending on the type of lawyer you are. But yeah. The SaaS or the e-commerce, which is usually the people who are having all these issues. Um, don't you want something from your people? Or do you just, oh, I have 100% open rate. Cool. Do you make any sales? No. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Yes, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Substack. Oh, my God. What is the, happening there? The, e the email, the content in the message is the point, isn't it? Yeah. But so that's, that's the one type thing. But the deliverabilities. Sharing a domain is just not a good idea. Right, 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 right. But yeah, right. but that's their goal. That's People their goal. Engage with them. But what happens? Even if you pay for something, how many services do I pay for like Netflix and Prime and Disney? And then I use the one I want to use mm -hmm. and I keep paying the rest. Mm -hmm. People still need to look and see like there has to be a life cycle or an amount of time. No matter how much I love your emails. Like, and I have a lot of people that I follow. I look for them in my inbox. Still don't have the time to read them all. Sure. Yeah. Even they should yeah. at some point realize, hey, you know, this guy was religious. He loved my information, you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, whatever you're, you're talking about. Okay, he's educated enough and now he's not in that little thing anymore. Yeah. Um, which is the same problem with uh, people who do, um, how do you call them? The, the, job, the job listings. Yeah. People don't need jobs, 20, like most of the time, don't need a job alert for the 52 full weeks of the year. Yeah. I might be bored at work. I'm unhappy. My boss said something to me today. I went yeah. through this. I'll find another job. And then I subscribe to the alerts. After two weeks, unless I got an interview or I'm probably not going to until I'm angry again or I want to move again. Yeah. The, we need to really understand our customers. And, and because then you're not going to need somebody like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it does strike me with what you just said about like job listings email. It does strike me that it's a fairly weak design in in this uh set of standards we call email on the feedback side it's 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 pretty difficult for me to tell someone i'm interested i'm not and and you could say well you can always unsubscribe well yeah but that's a binary yes no permanent thing and what if i, I have no easy way to say i want to hear from you 
a quarter as much as you want to talk to me, right? There's just no easy way, no standardized way to do that, is there? No, there isn't. My so many analogies. <laughs> maybe that's why owners send me. I don't know, or maybe they don't. We'll see. Um, we built a cell phone. Email is a, a smartphone that we built, mm -hmm. and then we gave it to a really, 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 really old person that lived, you know, under a rock. <laughs> and then said, "This works like a pager." Yeah, yeah. And that is our fault. Yeah. Because email is a two-way communication street road, whatever the expression is I'm looking for here. <laughs> yeah. You send an email, you can reply to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But most, I, I agree. Way? I agree with you. But most not email marketers say, like, of course, like maybe not every single case you should reply back to an email, but you can. You can ask them for reviews. You can ask them for pictures. You can ask them for, which you can use then for free social media posts and whatever you need in your business. Um, it's it's the ultimate thing you can show to an inbox. Of course, my email is wanted. This crazy lady responded back to it. This is the, the best thing you want to show. Paying your bills on time <laughs> or paying a loan in like under 30 seconds. That probably looks good on your credit score. <laughs> but you can't, I'm hooking an earlier, something you said earlier. What you can't do, at least not easily, is buy something with email. No, I don't. I think we could. I think a lot of businesses are doing it correctly. They've cracked the nut. Yeah. But in general, I think the vast majority is figuring out what they're going to send based on a calendar that they created and of things that are happening. Yeah. And then they're creating content to yeah. entice people. And yeah. that's when they start thinking about people. Yeah. And it's like, no, like, like um, I'm preparing a podcast, actually. And we're talking about Black Friday in June. Mm -hmm. um, there's things you need to prepare about. There's things, there's, but no one thinks about it. The Black Friday starts and, and now starting early and earlier. Um, mm -hmm. The emails and the amount of emails. And I mean, I don't know what I feel. I feel that the fear of missing out has left the Black Friday thing. It was a one day thing. And I remember like years ago when I, yeah. I was younger and I was trying to buy a TV or something. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. And yeah. it's Canada. We, it sucks. <laughs> Black yeah. Friday sucks. Uh, it's not American. Uh, yeah. It's not a scheme. Um, and then it was like, yeah, you give me 20% off. Yeah. Cool. There's going to be 20% off Christmas. And there's going to be one Valentine's Day. And there's going to be one on my birthday. And there's going to be one in September. And there's going to be one for back to school. There's going to be. Yeah. Then what's the strategy here, guys? Reminding yeah. people of holidays. We know They know when there's a holiday. They, they probably get out of vacation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. uh, I think we start thinking about the 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 people that we want to manipulate into buying something or get something out of them too late in the cycle of decision making. What are we going to do this year to grow our business? We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. I'm going to do that. And then we're going to send them one shitty email to remind them it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, really? Like, yeah, they really. know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and like all those good things you're talking about. Like, I remember the women of email were talking about this nice email they received before Mother's Day. Would you like to opt out for Mother's Day email? Yeah. And yeah. now it's become the total opposite. People are talking about it so much that what was the point of it to begin with? And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, we we all know what we don't like. The The spam filters are here to help us not receive what we don't like. So when we're on the other side and we're the sender, why do we do the things we don't like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. um, And I get it, like budgets and changing the company. Like I understand the bigger picture here. But at the end of the day, when you're having a meeting and you're trying to see why numbers don't match or they're not going where they're supposed to go, unfortunately, you have to take like a million steps back and start from the beginning. 
is this the right thing that we're doing? Mm. Doing something for a very long time doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Mm. I don't know if it's like an like a older way of thinking, you know, like we we tended to stay at jobs for longer in our careers. We didn't, you know, now the whole thing is like move around, get a raise. And I don't know if it, that as well as instilled into it. So people have been in businesses for a very long time. So they understand the bigger picture of their own little business, of their own little their own business, sorry. And then they go and they make the decisions and they're making the decisions like they were before based on facts and things they've done in the past. And now this crazy lady from Canada is like, oh, it's all wrong. Google doesn't like you anymore. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I've been doing this. I started from the bottom and went all the way to the top. Of course, I know what my business wants. It's just I don't think Google cares about your business in particular. That's, that's the thing. They care about their business, which is us, the subscribers. Yeah, yeah. We need to factor that in the decisions. If we just knew, if we just knew, I think we would make decisions differently. I feel, I feel when I talk to people and I educate them and they're like, oh, crazy lady, email. Okay, let's listen to her. Um, they end up making the right decisions without even realizing that they're doing it correctly, let's say, or that they are thinking about the customer first. So that's why I think making the information accessible to people will help them make better decisions. If they understood how email actually works, mm-hmm. how deli- when does deliverability come into play? Um, you know, people might know about warm-up. But a warm up is not going to save you if everybody's reporting your email as spam. Mm-hmm. You're just slowly wrapping up to your spam complaints. I'm, you know, like, um, and it's and when you tell them that as a joke, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I so it's this image that we have of email. Oh, the dog came running in. There's the image of what we think email is on top of we've done things for a certain time. Then we have the companies that are selling us certain things, uh, like editors and lists. And um, deliverability or everything that affects it and your sender reputation is like a black hole of information. Hmm. So you go back to the things you know, things you can count, things you can calculate, things you can, you know, uh, and we don't dig deeper. But I would love to know how to play Monopoly for real. And one day I will learn. (laughs) (laughs) One friend that really knows how to play, I'd know how to throw the dice and pick up cards and, you know, keep the the game going. So that's, I think, how for email is just going to be, that's going to be the revolutionary thing. If people understood that it was a little bit more complicated and gave it as much attention as every time Instagram changes their algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. three images, not 30 hashtags anymore. The maximum is seven or I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Why doesn't anybody do that about email? Everybody sends emails. It's the easiest thing to do. Why? Yeah, why Why is why, why is it that the everyone in email will argue the most, the highest ROI marketing, digital marketing channel, email, seems to be at the bottom of the pecking order in so many companies. Like, how come? I don't, I think all of them. <laughs> if we look a lot of the, like the email geek Slack channel, people complain about the same thing. Like, oh my God, I had this idea and this, I, I would have needed like three hours. Why can't they tell them, give me three hours to make them, them millions of yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. It's the image that we have of email. It's the, the assumption, you know, we assume everything about email because everybody does it. People don't remember how we used to create inboxes back in the day, right? It wasn't an email and a password. <laughs> like we had to set things up. Um, and then everybody came in and started doing things for us. So we just, you know, send emails or we know how it works. You put an email address, subject line, don't even need one, and you press send. And that's what we know. Yeah. And we know what we don't like. Yeah. 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 So it's, Explain so it's. You don't even know how many emails Google's not even showing us. Right. And we're still pissed about what we're seeing in our inboxes. Right. And right. And and we're all exhausted by our own inbox. 
Yeah. Like, like honestly, exhausted. Like, like, oh, like God. social media, you know. <laughs> it's just, and it's, I don't know, like, of course we carry over, like, email, come on, guys. It makes total sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the, the, the image or the, you know, the idea of email. It's old, it's been there, it's easy, it's Google Doc, or like, it's like Microsoft Word in the format of a letter, you know? I yeah. get information and I can shoot information and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's also no... There's no, um, there's no figurehead company in the emails. Oh, right. And we don't even have a figurehead person. We have one amongst us. We know who, who's the Neil Patel of email. Yeah, you're right. I'd love to be that one. Yeah, right. Well, I, I bring him up frequently. There's a, there's a newsletter that I pay to get every month. Okay. Happily pay. Like the content that I get in the inbox is why I pay because the guy writes a ton. He writes well. He's incredibly smart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he does, he like, there's no commercial, uh, there's no commercial incentive aside from me continuing to subscribe, right? right? There's no links. There's no ads. There's no nothing. I'm like, interesting, but it's, it's completely the quality of his thinking and writing that makes me continue to pay. So in, in that super narrow channel, I think of him as a, a not an email rock star, content rock star perhaps uh he's just but, valuable to you you're valuable to me exactly yeah yeah you're valuable to me but yeah there are there are no neil patels of of the inbox that oh yeah, yeah. everybody knows they're brilliant they're amazing and every time they yeah. send right the cash registers ring and and crowd well, everybody knows yeah. hey google updated it like google updates your sample a million times a year but there's some updates that seem to impact more uh, change the changes. So yeah. the something that they thought was okay might not be okay today. Yeah. Therefore, if you're doing that thing that was okay but not okay anymore, you're gonna have a problem, and then I'm gonna have a problem. So I'm gonna have to argue with the customer uh, and try to make them believe in yes. how technology works. Um, what are, I don't know. What are we gonna? Who's gonna tell these people that? So we tell each other, right? Yeah. We're gonna immediately tell each other. I'm gonna immediately tell my friends. Hey, I see this. Do you see the same thing on your end? And then we try to find, we're trying to, re that's what we're trying to all to do. We're trying to reverse engineer what the change was and yeah. see what's going to, is it a mistake? Was it a problem? Is it actually a change? Is it there to stay? So we monitor. Um, but there's no one telling the, the email muggles, yeah. hey, Google did something. Yeah. Why don't you just double check your list one last time or your engagement or your Google Postmaster, which another thing people don't know about. Yeah. Um, you. It, a lot of the Equifax, you have to pay three bucks a month. Um, most of the deliverability stuff are free, if not all. And um, you can, if you send enough emails, get the information. What does Microsoft yeah. think of you? What does Google think of you? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to assume here the American market, that's the only two you really care about. I mean, nobody yeah. <laughs> really cares about AT&T anymore. <laughs> Maybe me, it's just if your list is 99%, uh, one thing, you can monitor your block lists. You can monitor your reputation with the important inboxes. And whatever they like or they don't like, the other inboxes are probably not going to like or like. Yeah. But the idea is the same. How they do it is different, of course, but the idea is the same. So just don't, don't be a spammer. Don't be annoying. If your own parents don't want to read your own emails, probably your customers don't. My mom loves to read everything I do. So she gets bored of what I do at some point. Like, I need to fix something. <laughs> You know, it's normal. Like if you don't like sometimes um, that's something this activity I like doing is uh, do you subscribe to your own company emails? No. 
okay, let's just for one week subscribe you to, to your own company emails. And then the the first couple of days they remember, right? And they're gonna go look and then give it a week or two, they completely forget about it. And they're yes. like, oh, look at that. Look at that, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. They're open, open. Would you sign your mother up for your company emails and, <laughs> and so on? Yeah, yeah, it's, that, it's good self-test. It, it's, it's difficult, especially when it's a company talking to, to, to keep that, um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, good actor, good manners, fidelity. I had a, this is sidebar, but relevant, had a, had a guest on this podcast a couple of weeks ago who, who does, he does very well with his email program, not a huge list, but it's very personal. Like he writes everything. He's got a very distinctive writing style. Um, and his customers love what he sends them. I'm like, you know what? That's cool. A lot of companies don't send anywhere nearly as in, nearly as interesting a content as this one man shop does. It's got this sort of corporate voice and sell, sell, sell. And as you said, it's like, they're always telling me what holiday is coming. I know what holiday is coming. Thanks. You don't need to tell me that. It's just an excuse for you to flog your, whatever you're trying to sell. And gotcha. it's not interesting at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you catch me in a good mood, maybe I'll buy something, but that's pretty arbitrary versus exactly. I really look forward to the email from, you know, Yana Tori about deliverability issues. Why? Because it's distinctive voice. It's very informed. It's useful to me and yeah. so on. Quick, because if they were too long, maybe like, okay, I like one email, two emails, but I have to take the time out of my day to read them. Yeah. yeah. Some people have the time to do that. You know, like uh, when I got the, when I got access to email geek slash channel the first time, I don't think I worked for like a month after that. I was like, <laughs> I was just like the reading and scrolling and I, what do you mean? And then I, I, it will, I just got lost. And then at some point now I feel like I'm not on it enough. And it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm getting my information from other places. LinkedIn has been a, Twitter and LinkedIn has been a place people have been going to. And I don't, I don't feel I'm at the same stage I was years ago, or I, I changed my phones and I didn't have Slack on it for a while until I had a customer that needed it again. And yeah. then I, situational things happen and we yeah. forget about it. It's like, yeah, Tori loves my brand. Of course she's going to buy yeah, okay, but maybe something's happening in my life right now. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not gonna do that. We we things are constantly changing. And and me, I'm just here to to mediate and to point you in a direction and tell you what you need to fix. Also, I can get more information. But at the end of the day, the company's the one that needs to be asking all these questions. Is my content relevant? Do I need to send this email? Because that would give your your the your email team maybe not a bigger budget, but it'd give them more time. If they didn't have to concentrate to create those redundant emails right. they might be able to create these phenomenal emails that they're going to send to one percent of your list but it's going to bring ten percent yeah. um yeah ten percent more than any other kind of email yeah and time, uh, time time is time is budget if you know if you, it you know, is if if the email I've, I've yet to talk to someone whose function is email marketing who seems like they've got time to do it the way they want. They seem like the busiest beavers on the planet most <laughs> of the time right yeah. hey, side side question for you since you mentioned it one of the one of the early sort of uh, positioning and growth things that drove Slack was we Slack are going to replace email, and I don't think they pitch that anymore. But what do you think of Slack? I like it. Uh, from all the other chat tools, there's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm. um, I like Slack. I like the um, the convenience of use. Mm -hmm. I like that I can have like 
contrary to my Google account, I cannot have all my Google accounts in one account. Uh, I have to kind of switch between them. In Slack, I get it done. I don't have to pay for anything. I don't have to do any, I just sign in and I got all my Slack there for work or for, you know, the email geek Slack channel or whatever. Um, definitely doesn't replace email though. No. It's, I don't think we're expecting the same thing from a chat and from an email. Agreed. Yeah, uh, agreed. Like I usually tell people, like if you, if I, if for some reason I don't answer back in like 30 seconds, uh, ping me on LinkedIn. I've got like three phones that have LinkedIn. On, so bing, bing, bing. Everybody knows, even my mom knows. So I will not miss a message. Slack kind of has the same idea for me. If somebody sends me a message, I'm going to see it. Email, it, I might not see it right now or I might not respond to it as quickly. It feels like it's something I need to prepare to do, answer back to a customer or whatever mm -hmm. I'm doing in my inbox. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm bored or I don't want to work, I go in my promotion tab and I buy stuff. That's that's how I end up buying stuff in my inbox. Eh, yep. bored. Oh, maybe a reminder. Um, I am definitely not a good um, e-commerce subscriber. I don't think anybody would like me on their list. I subscribe to things to remember to buy them one day when I think it's relevant yeah. or good enough yeah. for me to buy. Which is, as I'm, it, which is as it should be, but not not how email marketing departments want it to yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that is what is a, so I, I can understand how difficult it might be for a marketer to make a decision yeah. because of all these situational things about how humans just work at the end of the day. And that's why maybe focusing on creating better emails instead of yeah. more emails would help your ROI, period. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. all it, the partners get raises. Also, it's not something we like, we get a lot of money when we work for a company that knows what an email geek is and how much value we can bring. Yeah, but uh, usually marketers uh, might not make that much money uh, when they're doing email. They don't even know email is a thing. They're just it's just a job. Right. And um, if they knew, <laughs> if, they knew. Yeah. if they knew the 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 value of the work would be seen, which is the problem. You know, every time a company or most of the people I see, every time they make money, they don't ever attribute it to email. Yeah. How are you supposed to define the, the calculations that would prove that email is the reason this person came back? Well, it, I, Campaign Genius, only influencers, RP Origin, uh, ran a, a survey to, to try and get a pulse on the impact of MPP. We did a survey about a month ago, um, and they did a webinar on the findings. And one of the questions that we snuck in there intentionally was was the where do you measure different things question. And I expected email and mostly email marketers responding. I expected people to say, I measure, uh, you know, opens, I measure opens and unsubscribes and so on in my ESP. But one of the things we asked them, where do you measure revenue? And the answers were a mess, right? A substantial number of people said they pay attention to revenue inside the ESP. ESPs suck at measuring revenue, right? Yeah, a handful of them said we measure on, uh, you know, Google Analytics or something like that. I'm like, no wonder we're having a problem at the attribution argument because why? We're not putting our stuff, our poker, you know, our, our stuff on the same Monopoly board as the other guys. Exactly. But we're trying to win the argument, but based on politics, the ESP said we drove all the we we drove a whole bunch of traffic and revenue. Well, nobody else uses the ESP. Why should they believe you? Yeah. And also they calculate differently. I mean, like we yeah. Yeah. said yeah. Google Analytics calculates stuff and sometimes I, I look for the formula and I disagree with it as if I know better. But it is it's 
that is a problem. There's a lot of problems with email. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 a it's a it seems like a fairly isolated channel compared to yeah. others. Fair? I think it is. Yeah. And the way it works, the mentality behind it, mm. we have this residual mentality that's you know connected with new things, and the new things are always related to security, right? Like it's more secure, and no one's going to steal your information. You less scams. It's never like to make you happier. Why isn't security there to make you happier? Of course, I'd be happier if, you know, I can just put my thumbprint and walk in my house. So if I forget my keys, I'm good. I'd be happier. It's secure. I got the cameras. We always look at security as like, oh, great. What am I going to have to do now? You know, what hoops am I going to jump through to get in the inbox? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't want spam in my email. I want that mattress reminder in 15 years or maybe 10 years when I, I feel old and I need a new mattress. You should know that. And then so, I don't know what you're expecting what. So, you know, well, this is a wild uh, hypothetical. If, if, if you were a heavy duty Gmail user yes. and, and Google's came and said, we've connected up AI so we can tell what you're really interested in right now. And we'll take the stuff you're not interested in, like mattresses and basically make it disappear. So you don't have to. Yeah. Would you and trust kind of already doing that. Yeah. Oh, trust it. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you use the word AI to begin with. No. no. <laughs> right. Uh, but I do believe that Google is the front person. Let's say maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. My opinion um, that they're getting very good at guessing what I want. I and I can yeah. tell that because I uh, like. Like we trust social Instagram to show me the 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 appro like dog pictures over I don't know sunglasses right uh, right, <laughs> right do I trust that Instagram knows what I want no do I use it like I trust it yes do right? you have a choice no exactly yeah yeah and 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 the and inbox points though <laughs> the email inbox is starting to have some of those same characteristics oh, right like I see it. Uh, I take care of my parents' inbox. Oh, wow. And my dad is definitely the one who doesn't know how to use one. He's 73 years old and uh, he sees the email and calls me immediately. Like, like you can read it and then <laughs> make a decision based on it. And I realize sometimes I sign my parents up to stuff because I'm helping a customer and I want to see things. And um, I'm an idiot and I forget to remove the emails. And at some point I realize that my mom, for example, immediately, very quickly, the emails are going to disappear from her inbox. My dad, on the other case, not as quickly. He tends to sign up to, he can't tell a real website from a fake one as much. He's not, you know, he's not super good at the technology stuff, holds his phone very far. My mom's inbox is really rather clean and mine even more. Um, so I can already tell it's the same email from the same sender at the same time. And I did the same stuff at the beginning. I was looking for the emails to see the receiver, whatever I was doing. But over time, if I forgot somebody or they kept, I kept trying to see if there's any issues, I saw that the emails were not landing at the same place between inboxes. Mm -hmm. They were not even landing sometimes at all between of them. Um, you can tell that it is being catered. And the more time progresses, I think the better it's going to make decisions. But it will never be perfect. Impossible. Google doesn't know I broke an arm today or that I, I bought a dog or right. it's going to take time. Right. Every time a change Take happens, it. it needs to relearn everything. So it's never going to be perfect. So that's onto the marketers and the business to let the marketers um, analyze data. I had read an article a couple of years back. Um, um, they were saying, you know, back in the day, I don't know when back in the day was, but back in the day, uh, lawyers, engineers, doctors, that was important. And then software engineering came up. There's a lot of that happening. 
And they were suspecting that the next thing wouldn't be necessarily technology related. It would be more on the um, data analytics side. So we want a human and very precise analytics, a human that is under, understands how technology works, but that will not be created, will not be done by man anymore. It'll be done by more machines. So a person that understands what machines are doing and what they want and how they work and somebody who understands what a business needs and is going to be able to take those two together to make better decisions. Apparently, that's the future of work. So um, people that can, um, and by data analysts, I don't mean somebody who looks at the data just like, oh, I see bigger open rates. I mean, like the story, very, very bad with the, the names of places, whatever. They were making research to see these planes that were coming back. They, they had shot during war. And oh, yeah. like, you heard the story, right? So yeah. we want to protect the places that were shot so that there'd be longer. And then some guy was like, why don't we check where the planes that never came back got shot and fixed those issues or reinforce them, right? Yeah. And you, you read it and you're like, ah, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. The first one made sense too to me. Like the planes came, they shot here, let's, let's fix the wings, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. But then the second point came in, is like, oh yeah, that makes way more sense. You, you <laughs> fix the place, the planes that never return. Yeah. So those kinds of, those types of people are the ones that are going to be the future because they're going to understand enough about technology. They're going to understand the bigger picture of their business mm. and they're going to be able to decipher, you know, and like kind of a, Yes, that's the direction we're going. That's it. Those, that's why those in our, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. I felt it was very close to what email geeks are doing in not only deliverability, in statistics. We're trying to guess stuff from an open. Maybe your subject line was good. Maybe I, how many times did I click on the wrong email because my emails, my inbox, I have it like really skinny. So I've opened emails that I've never actually opened. Yeah. yeah. And so many things. So how does a marketer, I, I'm in awe all the time. Because I set the rules. Deliverability set the rules. And then people come, well, then what am I going to do? I don't know. I'll go talk to a marketer. <laughs> I have my opinions and my ideas and experience and stuff, but I'm never going to be as good as some marketers out there. Oh, my God. The stuff they come up with. It's so clever. So interesting. But it's not the majority of it. Yeah. Yeah. Majority of it. it, it it's got to be tough to be clever that frequently. Yeah. So frequently. <laughs> and on businesses, is just difficult, right? Like, yeah, I keep eating yeah. the lawyer one. Of course. I mean, that. If I do divorces, like I can't sell two for one divorce. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. You know what? Except maybe that'd be in Utah. weird. <laughs> but okay. it's, it's, right? So we'll see how it goes. Parting question for you. Yeah. Where what 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 would you expect to be different, substantially different? This is a future of email question. In say five years in the email space. What is gonna change? Yeah, big change. I think the, I think the spam filters, the mailbox writers, all the people that can make decisions, the ones that we don't know that are self-governing, are going to become so strict that people are going to notice that email is more complicated than it is. Interesting. Um, I think I felt it in the last year, uh, last August, September, last January, February, uh, types of industries that couldn't inbox anymore. The whole industry, boom, can't inbox anymore. So I think people are gonna notice. They're gonna get, everyone's gonna get a slap in the face one after the other because the more things that we're doing that are incorrect or unwanted, and it doesn't need to be a big one, just unwanted, Google is gonna make it his job or whoever is gonna make it his job to protect its customers from it. So the day that technology um, reaches 
thing under as close to understanding of what we want, we are going to get hurt. And we saw it with social media. Uh, we could spam people and do all these email, like pictures and whatever. And at some point it became really difficult. You had to, ooh, <laughs> to get, to get those likes and get those things. You really need to work at it. It wasn't as easy anymore. And I think yeah. email is kind of tired of it. And that's, what's going to happen. That's, that's my guess. People are going to know. Interesting. I love that. I love that. That's a great, that's a great sort of projection to watch for, you know, there's not a hundred percent accurate, exactly X has to happen, but that's a heck of a trend line. Uh, to throw out there. I'm going to get, they're going to get that slap in the face and it's going to make people panic. <laughs> like COVID did. Oh, yeah. COVID. It made people panic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. De definitely. A, definitely a reset. Definitely uh -huh. a reset button. Well, I knew this would be awesome and fun. Thank you for the time and the, and the wisdom. I, oh. I, I suspect <laughs> there's some really good lessons for a lot of different businesses in, in some of the things you've shared. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I can talk about this forever. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, my, my guest today has been Yanatori Aspraki, calling me from the Netherlands and chatting on Zoom. Thanks, Yanatori. Thanks.